the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. The way we market, the way we practice is constantly changing. And the way we did things seven years ago is not the same way it's going to be next year, the year after that, or the year after that. Things are constantly changing. Run your law firm the right way. The right way. This is... The Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. Hey, Jimmy, you've got a uh, surprise for me as to what the topic is, so can't wait to hear it. Well, we're just at about a year of broadcasting the awesome podcast known as Maximum Lawyer. We've had a lot of guests on. We've both had some transition in the last couple weeks. You with starting a merged firm with your buddy Chris Finney and me with Amani Nadella really taking over and working on systems with me sort of on the sideline cheering them on. I thought that we could look back a little bit on some of the episodes that we've had, talk about the things that we've learned running the podcast and sort of where we think see things headed in the future. I was laughing this morning because my buddy Brian Harris, who has a great website called Video Fruit, and the, the name is sort of strange, but Brian Harris is really, really good about building your email list. And I highly recommend him, and he'll probably be my tip of the week to follow Brian. But he was talking about on Twitter today what happens with podcasts. And, and I'm just going to sort of paraphrase it and explain what he's meaning. So he has this quote at the start of the tweet. It says, hey, new podcast about subject X. And then it says episodes one through 10, cool interview about that subject X. And then episodes 11 through 100, random interview about Y from someone who may or may not have ever done X. And I bring that up because it's easy to get far afield when you're hosting a podcast, especially when you're sometimes looking for content or things to talk about. And so I just thought it'd be good for us to bring it back to basic, to talk about the things that we've learned and the, the topics that we've covered that have really sort of stood out for us uh, over the course of the past year. I like it. It's a good one. Our 52nd episode, which will be the one-year episode, is going to be pretty awesome, I think. So we'll get to that later. But I'm, I'm actually pulling up the old podcast as you were talking because I had no idea what we were going to talk about until you said it just now. It was a really good idea. And it's I'm looking at our first 10 episodes and it's really, you know, the first one's the introduction and things like that. And then, you know, working on the law practice instead of in the practice and branding, managing growing pains, niching down, 
viewing your law firm as a business, lawyer, web videos, sort of a flashback. It's kind of cool because when we first started this, we didn't, we didn't know whether it was going to you know, pick up any traction or anything else, and it really has. I guess my biggest takeaway is I, I've learned a ton myself just from you and our guests and everything else and really talking about I've, – I've improved – my firm has improved. I mean, obviously we've merged, but still I've, I've, been, I've improved as an attorney and the firm has been better off because we, we've sort of gone through this process. I guess that's the biggest takeaway is that I, I've learned a lot and I've gained a lot from it. So that's that's my, my biggest takeaway. I think there's a lot of cool episodes. I think my favorite, and it's probably the one that stands out the most, is the one where we did the the roulette, the website roulette. I think that was actually my favorite episode. But what about you? That was certainly the most fun. Yeah, for me, it's interesting because you and I sometimes record these episodes three or four weeks before they air. And I would say that I have listened to 90% of the episodes after they're released. And I learn from re-listening to them. I learn about myself. I learn about things that I've said and promises that I've made. I learn about things that I might gloss over when I'm talking to you or to a guest because I'm sort of focused on the next question. And there's just no substitute, I think, to having these little mini snapshots of where you are at a particular moment. There have been times where I've recorded this podcast sort of in a bummed or down state. And by the time I get to listen to it, I'm, I'm sort of up and excited about things again and vice versa. There's times where we talk about a subject and I get all fired up listening to it and then uh, or recording it. And then I hear it again later and it just sort of turns me back around. Yeah, and it's sort of worked as a, a mini mastermind. I completely echo your, what you just said because there were times where I'll <laughs> we record these sometimes early in the morning, you know, sometimes in the afternoon, but usually early in the morning. And you're not feeling the greatest, you know, you're 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 stressed about work, and it's sort of a, it's a really good break from work. I enjoy doing it. I think you do too. So it's a it's a nice break from from the day to day grind that sometimes we we have to go through. So it is really sort of nice. It is really kind of cool go back and looking through these these episodes. It's it really is neat. Going back and whenever I go back and listen to, I, I've listened to every single one of them, and I it, it was sort of weird to hear my own voice on the podcast uh, the first couple of times. But I think the biggest one of the biggest things I, I I do whenever I'm listening to it is my sort of my BS detector to make sure I didn't say something that I didn't mean at the time. And usually I and so what basically whenever we're talking about a topic. I think in my head, okay, what are my thoughts on that topic? And then, because I want to make sure that what I'm saying is on, on on the podcast is what I really feel. And I mean, it, it's very rare that what I said on the podcast is not really what I meant. Because sometimes a topic's thrown out and we're sort of just talking about it. Uh, it's sort of a stream of mind kind of thing where you're you're talking about the topic, you're answering the question right then. And you really haven't had a chance to think about it. Sometimes, a lot of times we have, but sometimes you haven't. And, but I just want to, whenever I'm, I'm, I'm answering this question, I want to make sure that what I'm saying is truly what I feel. And 99% of the time, it's true. So luckily, my BS detector doesn't go off that much because I think there are a lot of sort of what you were talking about with what your tip of the week's going to be with your, uh, I can't remember the guy you just mentioned, but there's, I think there are a lot of podcasts out there where people don't practice what they preach and do what they say and things like that. So I, I want to make sure that people know that we do what we say we do. Um, and, and we do the things we talk about. I mean, not all of them, because sometimes we just give advice on certain areas that we've either 
read about, we've done in the past, we no longer do, things like that. But we do really do try to practice what we preach and what we're talking about. Yeah, I think, too, that one of the reasons people have enjoyed the podcast is I do think that we're pretty authentic. I think we sort of are honest about our own mistakes. We talk about issues that we're struggling with. And I think that that really resonates with people. I think, as always, that practicing law can be a pretty solitary endeavor, especially if you don't have a partner. And just having a place to bounce off, bounce ideas off each other. Um, plus, you and I know each other pretty well. So if our BS detectors aren't going off on ourselves, we can at least call each other out for things like, I'm still waiting for your newsletter to come out. So I'm, I'm really excited about getting the weekly Tyson email newsletter and things like that. So I think that's one thing. I also think that in some of the lunches we've had with people and talks we've had sort of off air, and then even when we have guests on the air who are struggling with things, I think it's made you and I better at analyzing a situation and really coming up with some solutions quickly. When I spoke at St. Louis U Law School last week, there were three different students who raised their hand during the course of my talk. They threw out a topic that really interests them in the law. One person wanted to talk about criminal law. One person wanted to talk about how the adoption system is sort of broken and how she views her role as a future lawyer in handling adoptions in a little bit different way. And the third person talked about her real passion was health care that prisoners receive and, and sort of the inadequate care. And, you know, how could I ever turn that into a, a law practice? And, and I just stood there, you know, with no notes or anything. And I just brainstormed with each of them about how, what I would do if I were going to jump into that field. To me, that's just a lot of fun. I like doing it here on the show. I like doing it with you and and with our guests. And I think that just getting in this sort of weekly pattern of, of regular thinking about things outside of getting the daily grind work done has really made us both better analysts and better thinkers and, and just better lawyers. Yeah. So I, I speak at SLU on the 29th. I was just pulling this up. And I mean, they always bring in the best for last or the capstone of the of the course, just so you know, Jimmy. And my favorite part about speaking at the law schools are, one, these people, these kids know nothing. <laughs> it's really interesting to, to really see back. Like, to remember, I was in one of those seats. Whenever you were teaching me in that class, I knew nothing. Um, that's that's the one thing. Like they they know nothing when it comes to running a law practice because it's not taught in law school. The other thing is is that they're full of ideas. They've got a lot of great ideas, and I love hearing the new ideas because the way we market, the way we practice, is constantly changing. And the way we did things seven years ago is not the same way it's going to be next year, the year after that, or the year after that. Things are constantly changing. People are advertising and marketing on Snapchat these days. I mean, that is not something that you and I do, right? I mean, but Snapchat is a way of marketing and these these kids know how to do it. So the way we get to people is completely different. And it's that part of it, that Snapchat part of it, just reminds me how important it is to go to these conferences because in 2014, there was a guy that spoke at Icon for Infusionsoft talking about how Snapchat was in Instagram and all these other social media outlets that aren't Facebook and uh, that aren't Twitter were going to be emerging. And I, I remember thinking at the time, yeah, right. But it's true. I mean, things like Snapchat and Instagram are these emerging markets. And so you start to learn these things as you go to speak to classes or you go to conferences and things like that. So it's 
this is a, a great learning process, and I'm truly, truly grateful for it. it it's such a valuable asset to me as a, uh, as a marketer because that's something we have to do to, to run our practices. That's the number one thing is marketing. Um, it's not practicing law because you can't practice law unless you have the cases. So I think that's a, a very, very good point. I, I feel like I'm rambling. and I'm not, not, not directly responding to what you said, but um, there's so much I want to talk about because it's such a, a broad topic one time that we've done over the last year. So I think you raised a good point about speaking to new law students. And, and when I spoke to them last week and I mentioned a lead magnet, they all looked like a deer in the headlights. They, they didn't know what a lead magnet was. And it was a, a reminder to me that one of the things we've talked about on here a lot is that, and amongst ourselves is, do we produce this podcast and, and share our message and the kind of message that John Fisher shares with everybody and hope that some people get it? Or do we just sort of focus on the people who get it? And during that talk at the law school and in general, you know, our message is not for everybody. And our approach is not everyone's cup of tea. And I think that it's just so freeing to acknowledge that, you know, there's there's a, a small chunk of people who are going to get what we do and who like our podcast. And that for all the people that don't, all the haters or even just the people that are neutral to it, I think that it just really frees us up to say whatever we want and to realize we're not going to be the solution for everybody. But I think that we've learned a lot in focusing on the people who quote unquote get it, that people who hustle, people who want to build a practice, people who don't want to be slaves to their to their firm, and people who want to, you know, develop good systems to make their firm as great as possible. Good point, because very early on, we were trying to uh, identify our, our, our really our market and who our listeners were and who our avatar was, and we were trying to figure out, you're right, do we go bigger market where there's a lot more people that don't know as much because there's a lot of attorneys that know nothing about marketing. They know zero. They were very, very like me whenever I first got out of law school or very much like you uh, whenever you started your new practice before you started teaching yourself all these uh, new marketing tactics and reading a lot and all that. And I think, or do we go like really high end, high level stuff where you're really digging deep into these topics. I think we've sort of fallen somewhere in between there, but I, I think the, the best part about our listeners is they're all action takers. That's the coolest part about it is, is they've listened to this because they're listening to multiple podcasts. They're reading constantly. They're bettering themselves, and they're action takers. And I think the evidence of that is from our guests and, and from our Facebook group. And a lot of there's, there's a lot of over, overlap with John Fisher's Facebook group and his mastermind experience. And so these are all action takers. And so I think that we've really settled on a really good niche where we're not too advanced. So it's over the head of most of our, our listeners and we're not too basic. So most of our listeners are turned off because um, we're, it's just too basic stuff. And so I think we've, we've got this nice niche of, of listeners. That's, that's really nice. And so I, I think and if the listeners want us to go high level, more high level, we can. I think you and I have the capability of doing that. But I think that where we are now is sort of where we want to be because I think that's where it benefits most of us because this is where most of the listeners are, are sort of like us, like you said. So we're sort of – we find that kind of hit that, that nice groove. Well, I think that when you and I had lunch at McGurk's, one of the times when we were talking about even starting the podcast and sort of what this little adventure that we're on – we did sort of sit down and come up with who's our avatar client. And to me, it's so funny, or our avatar listener, I should say, 
to me, it's so funny that our avatar listener in reality is Will Norman, you know, somebody who is in a firm situation, who experiences some kind of shakeup and is going out on their own, either because they wanted to or because they, they have to. And that was our highest rated episode. That, that was the one that got the most downloads. Uh, you know, we spent two weeks on it. We spent a lot of time with Will, and that was really where our energy comes from. I also think that if we look at that as the sort of the avatar client, everybody else sort of is, is close to that in different ways. You know, John Fisher has been on his own for a long time. He has a lot of systems, so he's sort of in a different on a different end of that spectrum. Joanne Holmes we had on, which is also a really popular episode, and she was able to, you know, explain to us you know, she has a very different practice than the two of us, but she has that same energy, that same desire to learn. And I think that it's really when we tap into the people that are close, that are close to our avatar, that really resonates the most with our listeners. Yeah, and actually, Will Norman and John Fisher have very similar stories. I mean, they're not identical, but they're very similar stories in how they started their their firms. And there was a break from another entity of some sort. You know, John Fisher was a partner in another firm and and broke away. Will Norman was a partner in a firm and broke away. They do completely different practice areas, but I think most of these guests that were attorneys sort of started the same way, whether they broke away or they were starting from scratch. And so um, the main thing is that they all started from essentially nothing. You know, they, they some of them may have had clients when they started, but they had no firm. They had no idea what they were doing when they first started out, they sort of had to figure it out. And so hopefully this is a good resource for people as they listen through and, and get some ideas on how to run their firm. I mean, we don't, we don't talk about everything and we can't talk about everything and we don't claim to be able to talk about everything, but hopefully it's a good starter course for people to, to they can go through the episodes. They're not that long and they can learn a, a thing or two to help them along the way. Cause hey, what, it can be tough. I mean, and I, a lot of this is, stuff that we've learned along the way as mistakes that we've made, things we've done right. I think if people listen to what we're having to say, maybe they can avoid some of the mistakes and sort of get on the fast track to success because I think that's what we mo- we want more than anything is, is people to be successful. I mean, why else would we do- be doing this? We, we, don't, <laughs> we don't get paid from it, so it's not like we get any compensation from it. So we really want people to be successful. And I think that that's, from the feedback we've gotten, I think that people have gotten a lot of good from it. I think that's a really good point. And, and one of the things that Seth Price said to me early on about what he liked about the podcast is that we're not selling merchandise or, or pitching programs or things like that. We're just sort of exploring this and seeing where it goes. And, and I can see in the future us doing things like a mastermind group or having a, a, a retreat for people. I think that would be really fun. I think to get some of our listeners together and sort of deep dive on this stuff would be fun. But I mean, we spent, like you said, we spent zero time thinking about how to monetize this or anything. And we've just been more on just sort of learning and growing and, and building the audience. And, you know, any, any of that stuff will come down the line. But do, do you see any changes in the future for the show or any things you'd like to add or, or supplements to what we've been doing? Well, I wouldn't really change much about the actual approach or the avatars or anything else, but I, we will have more guests on the, on the, on the podcast. Um, something that's interesting going on within the podcast world is it's becoming more and more difficult to get guests. I think about a year or two ago, you could have gotten a lot of famous guests 
that you can no longer get because podcasting has gotten so much, so much bigger. So I think if people are expecting those very, really, really big guests, um, we will try to get them. The famous type is what I'm talking about, like the Gary Vaynerchuks. I bet two years ago we could have gotten Gary on the show. I bet it probably would have been possible. These days, if you go to his website, it's not possible. <laughs> so I've submitted a, a submission to get him on the show. There's no chance. It's just not happened. So I know I personally try to get Ryan Dice on the show. Um, they, he's extremely busy now. He's He does the, the circuit on a bunch of the more general business-based, marketing-based uh, podcasts. It's more and more difficult to get those types of guests. And so um, we will have a lot of guests, and I think that they're going to be very practical type guests where they can help you in your day-to-day, they can help you in your marketing, and, and help you in your business, help you get better, and help you improve. So would you would you agree with that about the guests? I think it, I think it has become more and more difficult to get guests on the show. I think that if you sort of follow the Gary Vee approach and, and do a jab, 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 right hook, if that is that if you sort of share their content and, and make your mark with people, I think that that's how I got Tom Singer. I, I sort of tweeted out a lot of his things and talked to him through direct message on Twitter and sort of build a connection. I think a cold call to a website asking for someone like Gary Vee to come, I think you're going to have to do something really exceptional to get Gary Vee's attention. And I actually have some theories on how to do it, one of which I'm going to put into place this fall and maybe I can get him on the show. But, you know, he, he still practices that go-giver mentality. He probably doesn't say it that way, but he does a lot of podcasts on other people's shows. And, and you know, just getting him for five or 10 minutes would be tremendous. Oh, absolutely. And he does do, he produces so much content. He's such a busy guy. I mean, he is very high energy. And I, and that's that's something who I, someone who I sort of aspire to be with that energy, because that energy can take you so many places. Energy is something, if you can keep your energy high, your energy level high, it can benefit you so much. I mean, it is one of those things where if you're sort of down on the dumps during the day, you don't get anything done. But if you're high energy the whole day, I mean, you're just producing. I think about all the listeners can sort of think about that. If you've got that energy up, think about those days where you're just knocking out whatever you're doing, paperwork, um, motions, pleadings, whatever it may be. You're just knocking out a bunch of stuff. It's, just, it's, an, it's an energy thing. And so um, keeping yourself motivated is, is, is a strong part of that. So you can aspire to be Gary Vee. You can be like Gary Vee, then you're, you can not kind of bunch. You can, you're going to make a lot of money too. So, but listen, if you can get Gary Vee on this show, Jimmy, I will bow down and I will, I will say you're king because that would be amazing. So I have a plan. Uh, it might just be me bum rushing him and recording with my phone for a couple minutes, but I, I, I know that he's gonna, I know, I know that he's going to be in the state of Missouri in November, and I have a plan on how to talk to him. <laughs> well, if you bum rush him and and do it that way, I will not bow down and say you're king. But I'm not going to bum rush him. No, 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 no. It'll all be by consent. I, here's my plan, and this goes along with Gary's whole approach. So Gary, as you may or may not know, his, his do you know what his ultimate goal is with to do with all of his money? Do you know what he really wants to do? No idea. He wants to buy the New York Jets, and oh. he's a huge New York Jets fan. He takes four hours off every Sunday. He goes to every Jets game home and away since 1995. And so I have rooted for the Jets even before the Rams came to St. Louis. The Jets have been my favorite team. So I have a lot of Jets sort of memorabilia, a lot of Jets cards, football cards from when I was a kid. And the Jets are playing the Chiefs in November. So 
my plan is to take the boys up to Kansas City and figure out a way to reach out to him before and while he's there and see if I can talk to him for a couple minutes. Well, you and I need to have a bet then. I'm a, I'm a huge Chiefs fan, and so I'll go to that game with you if you'd like. Uh, okay. That would yeah, but- and, and, and I can take my boys, and uh, we will root against the Jets. Well, that'll be great because he would he would like that just as much, I think. So we'll have to figure out a way. That would be fun. We'll have to get tickets and we'll have to make that happen. We could maybe we could make a road trip. The boys and I could come pick you up in Mom's minivan, and we can make a road trip out of it. It'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Sounds good. You know, we got a new Chrysler Pacifica, so we can take the Chrysler Pacifica. It's pretty sweet. It's the new one. So. Um, and one of our new sponsors of our show was that a little product placement. I wish Chrysler was sponsoring this show, but no, it's not. But I will tell you, it is killer. It is sweet. Do you want to wrap it up? Yeah, that sounds great. I have my hack of the week, and and that is Brian Harris. I I encourage all of you guys to find Video Fruit, Brian Harris. We live in a world of eyeballs, Gary Vee, and Elders would tell you that. It's it's all about the eyeballs. And if you can get a 1,000 loyal fans, you can accomplish anything, including winning a contest to get Google reviews, that it's all about the eyeballs now getting people to watch you, to find you interesting, and to, to agree to receive information from you. There's there's no greater compliment that a potential client can give you, I think, than following you. And Brian Harris teaches you how to uh, get the eyeballs started, how to build your email list. He's got a great little free Chrome plugin that'll show you your follower count. And every time it updates, you can set goals for yourself on how to increase your, your mailing list. And I've used that tool for a really long time. And, and uh, I think that he, he provides a really unique way of explaining things about how to build an audience. And I really like the way he presents. He'll do these 48-hour intensive email growing list procedures. And if you follow along, it's sort of done in real time. It's really, it's really cool when he does these things. That's really good. I like it. My tip of the week is something you may have heard of, Jimmy. I don't know. Um, but it's from the book Scaling Up. Um, by Vern Harnish, who's a, someone you like. And if you go, and I don't know if he owns Gazelles, but G, it's G-A-Z-E-L-L-E-S. Uh, I think it's gazelles.com is where you go to. But they've got a packet called growthtools.com. Um, he, I'm looking at the back of the book, um, scaling up, and there's a scalingup.com. But I just searched Gazelles. And because I'd, I'd seen something in the packet we'd gotten at Icon, I looked into this, and it's called Growth Tools. It's, they've got a bunch of handouts, and it's called One-Page Tools for Scaling Up the Business. And it's really interesting. I actually printed it off and, and uh, bound it, uh, put it in the binding, because I think it's great. It's talking about the Gazelle's 40 framework, the one-page personal plan, function accountability chart, process accountability chart, strengths, weaknesses, and trends. Um, it's sort of like a SWOT analysis, but without the opportunities in it. The seven strata, one-page strategic plan, process productivity drivers, vision summary, the who, what, when, Rockefeller habits checklist, cash acceleration strategies, and an interesting one uh, from a recent podcast, The Power of One. And it's interesting. You can look sort of down at some of the principles it, 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 it plays a little bit with what you were talking about in your Power of One uh, a few weeks ago. But it's a really interesting, and it's, there's a spot in the back for taking notes, so I'm, I'm guessing there's probably a video that accompanies it. But it's something I'm going to go through this week with my partner, and we're going to talk a little bit about this. Um, we've already gone through our vision and things like that, the five-year goals and everything else, but this is something that's 
it looks like a lot of us dig a little deeper in some of this stuff. So um, it's something I recommend quite a bit. It's really cool. It's a really cool packet. It's free. It doesn't cost you a dang thing. And I also recommend, I, I think we may have recommended this book uh, on the podcast, Scaling Up. So it's, I guess that's a bonus if, if we've not recommended it. Growth Tools and then Scaling Up are both really great tools. So anything else, Jimmy? That's it. So we got some exciting new guests coming up on the show a couple weeks from now. So I think, and we're coming up on our one year anniversary. So stay tuned for more fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, Jimmy, have a great week and everyone else have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.